0: And let's get this ball rolling. Hey guys, I'm pumped to be bringing you the High Performance Mini Series Podcast. I know lots of you had asked for some shorter bite-sized pieces. So here it is. We'll do about six weeks just to give it a trial to see if this is something that you're looking for, something that you enjoy I actually joined forces for this one with Pearl Lim, Wayne Rubin and myself as the hosts and we will be interviewing people in the high-performance space around what high performance means to them and some of the gold nuggets that they've taken away. So they're short bite-sized pieces. I'm really keen to get your feedback. If you love this, it's something we can continue. And I have another little series coming up for you guys after this one. And because we've recorded with multiple people, the recording is done in a different way. And it may sound a little bit different to what you're used to on Challenges That Change Us. So be open to the change. And I'm super excited to hear what your thoughts are. DM me on any of the social platforms or shoot me an email if this is the kind of thing that you're looking for that we can be downloading as our second episode per week. Hello everyone and welcome to Beyond the Summit, the podcast where we explore the secrets of exceptional high performance. My name is Ali Flynn and I will be your host for this episode. Today, my guest is Wayne Rubin. Welcome, Wayne.
1: Thanks, Sally. Great to be here. Looking forward to the conversation.
0: Wayne, maybe a really nice place to start might be just you giving us a little bit of a brief around who you are and what has gotten you to where you are today.
1: Sure. So, for those that don't know me, um, I spent, I was just thinking as, as we were preparing for the chat, uh, like sort of doing the mental arithmetic, pretty much 40 years in the corporate sector. Um, which gives away my age and, and and a whole lot of other things. Um and yeah so I I I have worked at Coca-Cola and I did a, um a dozen plus years in prescription pharmaceuticals um with some of the big names there and then 20 plus years in in med device in in both vision and 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 hearing and um a lot of that time I was in general manager roles my last two roles were as uh, a a Asia Pacific regional president so I've seen a lot of a lot of the corporate world, um, sat on some global leadership teams, and 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 done all of those those sorts of things. Uh, literally eighteen months ago, I kind of said uh, enough of all of that, and uh, and in this phase of my life, um, I'm enjoying um, being a coach and a consultant and working with folks like you, and getting out there and trying to use my experience to help folks. Be better leaders and run better businesses and create better workplace experiences for their people. So that's uh, that's my story in a nutshell.
0: And I guess that leads us straight to the question that I'm dying to ask you today, which is, what has been your personal experience with the pursuit of high performance?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating space, isn't it? So high performance has has always been a little bit of kind of how something I've been obsessed about. So even as a kid, I was a really quiet kid at school. But I always wanted to do really well, you know, X proportion of kids, you know, got prizes and I, I would desperately push myself to kind of be one of those kids. When I got into corporate world and, you know, we were judged on a bunch of things in, in corporate and, and ultimately the, the ability to deliver successful business results, you know, is, is at the center of, of the circle, right? And, and, um, as I started to, to work out how to do that better, um, I came to an inflection point in my career. It was when I was, um, I was running some commercial business at, at, um, at Sanofi Pharmaceuticals in, in Australia. And, and we had quite a large team and, and a significant size business. And we had um, a guy come in. Uh, to talk to us about potentially doing some partnering and, and he was the ex-sport psychologist at the Australian swim team and, and, and the Australian wallabies. And I was fascinated with whether this guy, with all of his experience in kind of bringing out performance in athletes and in, and in teams in elite sport, I was fascinated with how could we as a, as a pharmaceutical company learn from what he had to offer. And we started working together and cutting a long story short. Um, the work that we did really was quite transformative to that business. Um, and, and Sanofi became literally the success story of the Australian pharmaceutical industry while, while we were working together. And I'm talking business results. I'm not talking, not talking flashing lights here. And, and that really unlocked for me a much deeper understanding that high performance isn't just something you aspire to and work hard toward there there are secrets, there are things that you can do to instill a culture of high performance and that's something that I've continued to seek to refine and literally have been obsessed by um, since since then, which is uh, probably twenty eight years ago or something like that. <laughs>
0: it's interesting when we look back to those moments in time that we can pinpoint and say that was a moment that took me on a different trajectory to where I was going before. I'm curious Wayne about some of those lessons that you took away from that. You know, you said that there was a lot to be gained through the work that you did there. Maybe mentioning just one lesson that you took away or took out of that.
1: Yeah, sure. I guess when I when I started when I started talking to and working with elite athletes, one of the one of the things that really stood out for me was how they saw performance at the pinnacle. Like, you know, we used to work with Kieran Perkins quite a lot and, and Kieran would talk about um, people assume that when you are standing on the blocks ready to do a swim at, at the final in, in the Olympics where one of those eight people is going to win a gold medal, that you're thinking about trying your hardest and I'm the one who really wants it the most. And, and that's not what they think about at all. It's so much about, about a process and channeling your training and getting every single part of that process right and being in the right mental state to be able to do that. And I found, I always found that really fascinating. So when I kind of bring that across into the corporate world, um, one of the things that that I, I came to realize is it's less about the hype and, and more about, Um, creating a deep sense of engagement amongst people around what it is that we're doing so that people aren't necessarily super hyped on the moment where they have to perform. I want people to come to every training session, sit down for every time they're going to read a clinical paper or get new information. I want people to, to be devoted to being the best they can be through every one of those training sessions, every one of those learning sessions because that's how you rise to be to to be able to compete at the highest levels. That's how you attain high performance. It's not just take a sugar pill just minutes before the starting gun's going to go off. That's not what it's about. So when we talk about this concept of engagement in business, it's not getting everyone to rah-rah at a conference. It's getting it's helping to get get people to find that deep sense of engagement to the purpose of your business. See the good in that, and and really kind of. I keep on using the same word, but engage around that. That's the engagement of heart and mind. And and that is therefore the driver that makes them want to come to work and look forward to being in a meeting, not just to sit there, but engage in robust debate, to come to the training session and want to push myself. I want to be the one in the role play because I want to, to find that extra one. That to me is... Um, an extraordinary thing to be able to build into your culture. And when you get that right, you see, you see this movement across your organization of people wanting to be the best they can be, not because someone's threatening them with, with the sack or, or, you know, chasing after them with threats. And often not even because they're necessarily chasing the incentive check either. Although, of course, they appreciate that, but it's this deeper sense of, I believe in what we're doing here. And I love being surrounded by other people who believe in what we're doing here as well.
0: As you're speaking, the thing that comes up for me is that it's it's recruiting everyone to be involved, but also there's a bigger there's something bigger than themselves in that as well. It's not just about them as an individual, even though that might be one of the driving forces. There's a there's a much bigger energy, investment, awareness, emotional attachment. Everything about it is is much bigger and almost like I was I was thinking as you were saying it, it's like a ball rolling down the hill that gets more and more snow on it, you know? Everyone gets involved and then more and more and then you've got this momentum happening and it's everyone's going in the same direction.
1: Literally, literally. And you know, there's probably been three or four times in my career where I realized we really had it, like the culture was so on. And this sense of, like you're saying, everyone kind of being not just not just engaged in what they were doing, but but just you could see people's sense of enjoyment in in the effort that they were putting in. And the celebration of the successes is that much greater as well when you know that's kind of like we did this. Mm. And and that is, it is contagious. And and at a certain point that the whole becomes bigger than the sum of the parts and that's what that's what you you're touching on there and it's a very special feeling it doesn't happen overnight it can't happen overnight but it's something that if you know what you what you're working towards you build it you build it you build it and then suddenly it kind of catches on there's almost a bit of a tipping point interestingly the flip of it is it's also fragile you know if if certain things change and particularly if certain leaders change and whatever it can come crashing down in moments um so it's one of those things that you come to realize when you create it you have to continue to nurture it and look after it as well because because it can slide away it's no matter how good it is today you never have a, a promise that it's going to be that good tomorrow so as leaders we we can never let up just because we recognize that we've got it right you know we have to stay in keep it keep it hum keep it humming and keep it current
0: absolutely so when did the pursuit of high performance become life-defining for you?
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting because there's kind of two answers to that. One one of them is um, going all the way back to as a kid, as you kind of like as you start to have a higher level of self-awareness, it was actually kind of like a realisation that I can remember having quite early in, in life actually that – I seem to have this odd obsession with, with performance and, and doing well. And, and with that realization, again, odd because I was quite young at the time. For me, it's less about winning. So for me, high performance, my high performance doesn't involve beating someone else. It's literally just me trying to be the best I can be. And, and I know that's quite different from some. Pursuits of high performance that necessarily involve winning, therefore beating someone else. But for me, that, that, that pursuit for, for all of my life has been, has been very much if I can, if I can be the best I can be, a huge part of, of that particular, as I've kind of, you know, grown and matured and my career has developed has been to bring as many other people with me as I can. And, and also, and it can sound corny, but like I get so much joy of seeing people who, I've invested in go past me and 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 go to even greater heights. Um and and I feel I feel genuinely lucky that I kind of have that like I never I never kind of go how dare they like it's I think for me the the sense of being the best you can be I believe is um extraordinarily fulfilling and I love to see more people experience that fulfillment. I think a lot of people struggle in life to find the things that actually give them true joy. And the word pursuit of happiness, I think is, um, often, often becomes the pursuit of sugar pills and we buy things and we go places and we kind of, we, we hope that that's when I'm going to be happy. But I actually think it's, I think fulfillment is actually so much more deeply satisfying and high performance in a workplace because that's where we live and breathe. Workplace experiences can be extraordinarily mundane, but they can also be exceptionally fulfilling if you get the culture right.
0: So that brings me to thinking about sustained high performance. What for you has been one element that has been fundamental for your ability to achieve that?
1: Yeah. Isn't that interesting? The concept of sustaining high performance in itself is – it's almost like a second pass at the study of high performance. And, you know, we, we often interview, um, particularly sports people who aspire to, let's say win an Olympic gold medal and then they do. And, and that's, that's the moment or in sport, uh, you know, someone's part of a team that wins the rugby league grand final and, and there's that moment. And then of course you come off that moment and then you look around and go, now what? And and that can actually be a really difficult space for people. Some people go, okay, I've had that achievement, and then they wander off into the distance. And others kind of get hooked on it and say, oh, if I can do it once, I want to do it a bunch of times. And, I, and, and then they start to explore what does it take, not just to get to the top, but to stay at the top. And sustaining high performance, is a totally different level of mental discipline and interesting for me as, as I was getting into some of the most more senior roles that I had in, in my corporate career, I actually started to take up marathon running. And it's funny when you hear people sort of say, you know, this is a, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's like you may actually be correct. You, you probably don't really know what you're saying there, but you may actually be correct because to, to run at X pace for 10 minutes is one thing. To run at X pace for four hours, it's a totally different thing that you have to learn how to do, which is a combination of physicality and mentality. And you very quickly realize that Most people lose the mental ability to do that long before they lose the physical ability. And interestingly, there's a lot of studies to say this concept of hitting the wall in a marathon, which typically happens around about the 30-kilometer mark, is not physiological at all. When they do the blood tests and everything else, they go, nothing actually is happening to you. But your brain goes, I'm fed up with doing this. I can't do this anymore. So so the concept of sustaining high performance actually became something that I was fascinated with conceptually in whatever primary field of high performance I was in, which was business, but I ended up understanding it more from what had become kind of somewhere between a hobby and, and, and a weird obsession, which was, was running marathons.
0: And you mentioned there about the four hours of running, but when I think about a marathon, I think about the amount of training that goes into it and being able to back up every day and train one session upon another session upon another session, you know, and there are so many components that go into that. There's the nutrition, the sleep, the strength, the endurance pace and the speed. Like there are so many components that go into the ingredients to end up on that start line of the four-hour run like you were saying earlier around the swim and it's that sustaining that over a long period of time and then performing having peak performance within that these these peaks where you can absolutely excel up and out and then how do you come back like you said and revisit it and go again
1: you're 100% right Ali and 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 I know a lot of people sign up to do a marathon and then essentially lowball the training and and that's fine, whatever. But I always wanted to stand at the at the start line. Let me just do a quick caveat. It's not like I'm some brilliant marathon runner by any means. I mean the, Don't the, give the that four away. hour <laughs>
0: <laughs> We were with you on that. I was like, he's winning gold medals in marathons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, my you know, I was a, I was a, a desk jockey, you know, for eighty hours a week and fitting some marathon training in around it. So, you know, for me, you know, I always had a goal of trying to be around about the four hour mark. And and knowing that in order to do that, when I kind of set down a, a training routine, which was typically four to five months of build up, because when you, when you literally spend 14 hours a day sitting behind desks and, 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 you know, jet setting around the world, you know, throwing your body through time zone changes and everything else and attending long meetings and then fitting marathon training in around all of that, you have to make a, a massive commitment to training. And, and I always wanted to stand on the start line knowing that. Um, whatever I was going to do on the day, I, I had given my training routine everything that I had had to give within the confines of what I had to give. And, and that gets back to, um, that gets back to this, this concept of, um, sustaining high performance, which is a mental choice to turn up to things like training with a, with a, a deep sense of commitment of why I'm there. I'm not there because someone's telling me I need to be there. And I always have the sense of if I do this training as well as I can, I'm going to pick up a little bit of something that's going to make me that tiny bit better. And for me, I can honestly say in, in my entire time in corporate, every time I went to training, even it was like, you know, the 37th time I went to presentation skills training, I would go walking in and saying, I'm going to learn something today. There's something in my, in what I do when I present that I do all of the time that I'm going to get a a self realization moment and say, I can make that, that one little bit better. So chasing those one percenters, the belief that I can always be that little bit that allows you to sustain high performance. Over time, and I think as a leader, if you have that, you role model that amongst people. Because I think the biggest thing that I see happening in the corporate world that holds people back is people decide their their cake is baked. It's like I'm good now. I don't 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 send me off to training. I'm good. Like, and I detest that.
0: And also, I the other thing that I see in that space is I can only learn from this one area. You know, when you start to open your mindset up and expand your world enough to be like, I don't know where that one percent is going to come from. That's when magic can truly happen because we can learn so much from other disciplines, from someone we least likely expect to learn from. Might we might pick up a gold nugget that then we will be sitting on a podcast in ten years time, saying, "Back in this moment, when yeah. Yeah. Wayne, yeah. we've only got we've only got a minute left." So you know, I do have one more question for you, and that is. What do you believe is the greatest single factor that separates the elite high performers from the rest yeah
1: it's <laughs> it's such a big question, isn't it i think i actually I actually think it's largely the space that I was just in it's that it's that sense of I can always be better if i have that if I have the deep belief that I can always be better and I have an innate curiosity. It's a little bit like what you're just saying, Ali. If I have an innate curiosity that says, I don't know where that better is necessarily going to come from. So for me, I've always, I've always sought to put myself in the space where high performers were around, even if those high performers did stuff that I could never find the link. I mean, I, I remember, um, listening to, there's a mountain climber, um, called Michael Groom, who's written some books and done some Everest climbs and whatever else. I remember the first time I I heard Michael talk and I ended up speaking to him and we did a bunch of stuff together. But I was like, I wonder what the hell mountain climbing has got to do with kind of like my work in corporate. And my first thought was maybe nothing, but I'm really curious to find out. And it turned out to be one of the greatest learning experiences. And it's that just willingness to let your curiosity take you into places and find what might be there. And amazingly, there nearly always is something, but you've got, to have, you've got to have your head in the right space to be able to receive that.
0: So true. Thank you, Wayne, so much for coming on Beyond the Summit today. It's, there's so much more I want to ask you. I wish we could go for the next hour. If you're inspired by what you've learned from Wayne and you would love to hear more from him, interact with him, learn from others in the exceptional high-performance world of elite sport, military organizational psychology and business. You can join us at the High Performance Leadership Summit on March 8, 2024. For the details, click on the show notes below. And that's a wrap guys. So thoughts, comments, feedback, please give it all to me. Uh, This is just a taster, right? This is just a taster of some mini series to see if this is something that you love, that you want more of. We can do them in lots of different spaces. DM me, let me know. Can't wait to hear from you guys. And I will see you on Monday for our normal Challenges That Change Us episode.